Craft Beer Radio, episode 461, April 14th, 2018. Greg's playing air drums over there. Mm. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, everybody. 461. We're back in Studio A, and we're doing more beers, like we do. Not going to change anytime soon. I mean, 460 of these, you'd think <laughs> at some point we'd change up the formula. And we have a bit. <laughs> but it's still a beer show. All right, what are we doing? Um, so a couple beers you brought back from Philly are on mm-hmm. the list. A couple beers that listener Greg sent in are on here. It looks like uh, one I got locally and one I got in at VE. So. All right. Um, style-wise, what do we got going it's a on Kolsch, here? So maybe we Let's should start that. with that. Yep. Okie dokie. So, oh, by the way, the, the song was uh, Courtney Barnett, Operator Elevator. Or Elevator Operator. Uh, this is, this is from Saucy Brew Works. This is Habituale, Kolsch. Uh, you said you got this at uh, Vintage Estates. Yep. 5.3% alcohol by volume... 21.1 IBU and Cleveland, Ohio. That's uh, kind of all the info I have on it. Yep. So it's a kind of hazy yellowish. Looks like there's a lot of particulate matter in here. Let me see the glass there. Do the blendy blend. Doing the blendy blend. Jeff had a little bit more clear beer than I did, so he had uh, can stratification. But now we yeah. are back to... All right, so yeah. that's, it's same, still hazy. We have the same beer, just a little bit less carbonation now. <laughs> All right, so this is a Kolsch from Saucy. I've never, I don't think I've ever had anything from Saucy Brew Works. They have uh, Reuben, the spirit of the mountain on the can. He's a dude wearing antlers, smoking a big, long elven pipe, wearing a hop necklace. How'd you know his name was Reuben? It's on the can. Uh, yes, the whole, yes, the shtick is, is the same. All right, so yeah, it's a he- slightly hazy yellow straw. The aroma, you're getting kind of a light malt. It's kind of crackery. You're getting that kind of vinous or like maybe like a grape stem type aroma that mm-hmm. I'm used that I look for in a Kolsch, and it's definitely in this one. It smells a little wheaty. It smells like it could have a tang to it. It's a good follow on to that German. But it doesn't, I'm glad. It's a good follow on to that Czech Pills that we had mm-hmm. in the pre show, right? Because you're smelling some of that Pilsner malt still. You're getting some of that crackeriness, and it, it's a nice follow on. I'm used to beers that smell like this having, you know, in sours. I'm used to much, much, many more sours coming out these days. So mm-hmm. smelling that, I was expecting something sour, and so that I didn't get a sour actually was pleasant. <laughs> I do like this. So you're getting some of that kind of Pilsner malt tang, mm-hmm. but then it, it kind of has a. A pretty creamy body, a mm-hmm. foolish body, and it, it finishes nice and dry. Or I should say medium dry. There's a little sweetness there. Yeah. Um, not as vinous as some of the cultures mm-hmm. I've had. There's a little bit of sort of grape skin there, but it's not a lot. Uh, it, it, it's more of an easy drinker. It reminds me a little bit of a cream ale in some, in some way. Uh, it has a lot of drinkability, and it... Definitely is you know smooth on the palate. I really like the malt flavor that's coming through on this one. You know, it just it's giving you good you know German type malt flavors, and it fits really well. Maybe because it's a little bit hazy, maybe picked up a little bit of yeast or something, and that might be making the body a little bit smoother mm-hmm. than it would be if it was crystal. Right, and that may also be contributing a bit to some of this like kind of subtle corny sweetness that I'm mm-hmm. tasting which is what's reminding me I think a little bit of a cream ale yeah that last sip I took was a little more cracked corn that might be like some of the esters you know because Kolsch is typically an ale fermentation mm-hmm. right but 
conditioned at a lower temperature. Right. Um, so you, you would have more esters playing in this beer than you would in a lager. And uh, yeah, I think maybe that that thing that came across a bit corny in that last sip is makes more sense to me is it's some kind of ester or play. Agreed. But this is good. For for two bucks a can, I mean, it's a good price. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, was at VE, I got some whales, then I also got a bunch of Shelbys, mm-hmm. you know, and this was one of the Shelbys that I just wanted to try. I didn't want everything to buy to be a IPA. Yes. So you almost have to go out of your way <laughs> to not days. buy all IPAs. So this is Habitual from Saucy in Cleveland. Saucy Brewworks. It's a good start of the good start to the mm-hmm. show. Okay. Now things get big. Things do get flavorful. big real quick. So we have a scotchio, we have a barrel-aged uh, Russian Imperial, and three IPAs of various uh, different types. Let's do this one you brought back from Philly. Okay. This is one of the three IPAs. This is from Sterling Pig Brewery, The Snuffler. They um, call it an easy-drinking house IPA. Uh, hops are Simcoe, Centennial, Crystal, and Citra. The malts are Pilsner and Cara Amber. 6.5% alcohol volume. Well, how's this for a change of pace for IPAs? It's pretty clear. It was clear. That <laughs> it last, was clear. The last little top-off gave you a little more. Yeah, okay, so now it's starting to get hazy. Okay, so the color, we're, we're getting... You know, it's still in sort of a strange domain, but it's 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 approaching amberish. Sterling Pig is in Media, Pennsylvania. Media, that's where uh, my uh, aunt lives. He probably hangs out at the Sterling Pig. <laughs> so this was <laughs> they called this their easy drinking house IPA. Yeah, at seven percent. Six point five. Oh, Kansas seven. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe maybe things have changed uh, <laughs> at the brewery. I mean, none of those words really say session, but the way <laughs> yes. the way they were read, yeah. it kind of infers. Well, okay, so hops, uh, Simcoe, Centennial, Crystal, and Citra. A decent hop combination that could, I mean, you could go real stinky, but you could also go light and sort mm-hmm. of balance with that, too. So it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see where they go with it. Yeah, the aroma on this one—it's kind of more of a classic, you know, where you're getting some caramel malts, you're getting some of the typical old school type hop aromas. It's a little bit piney. It's a little bit orangey, but none of the hop flavors are really out forward, being super aromatic compared to the malt. Hot flavors, you said. You yes, mean... aromas. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, th- the nose flavors. Best by February 21st. You know, we tried to get this in at a decent enough time. It's, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. little further than I would have liked, but... Right. Has more of an orange, a little bit of a candied orange type flavor. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that malt backbone that's, yeah. that's building it up. It is kind of reminds me of, you know, something along the lines of like a Bell's Two Hearted or maybe like an early double IPA, you know, kind of, those are kind of the flavors that are coming out. Yeah, I think this is probably a bit hot faded. I think that the hops were probably a little bit brighter and, and stronger when this was really fresh. Yeah. Um, as it is now, it's a decent malty IPA where, where a lot of malt is coming through. Mm-hmm. Back when all the IPAs we drank were uh, three months past right. the by date. Right. Um, the, the, the hops themselves are not, and, and it's one of the reasons why I think it's pretty outfit, is the hops themselves are not very distinct. I'm not mm-hmm. getting yeah. uh, a real huge idea of of what the beer is 
necessarily trying to do with these hops other but than seven percent's pretty noticeable right i mean it, well it's not boozy mm-hmm. you can kind of feel it you can feel the gravity on this beer yeah the snuffler the snuffler the pig has a pierced nostril why not pigs uh yeah it's a, the the can is a yellow can um, with a pig snout on it, and the pig snout is pierced, not in like a, in like a fashionable way. <laughs> yeah, it's on the outside. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a bull ring. It's it's like one of those nose rings that people have. That I've always, I never understood why people do that. Why people find that attractive? But far be it from me to <laughs> to criticize anybody's looks. I'm just saying that never made sense to me. But lots of things don't make sense to me. It doesn't mean they're not that, that people don't have cool reasons. It's, it's never prevented me from liking a person or anything like that. <laughs> it's just I would never do it to me. Yeah. So snuffler's the snuffler. It's you know a little bit hop faded. Not a ton to say about it. So let's move on to the next beverage of the evening. Well. Let's go with one of the Aslins. Oh, oh, can we? Can we? Can we? Yeah, listener Greg sent us a few more Aslins because he is a swell fella. And uh, this is a sour. The one you picked is Big Silly, a sour farmhouse IPA. Okay, we can save that sour <laughs> for later. Let's, Let's go the... for uh, American IPA with jasmine tea. The Madurai. M A D U R A I, six point five percent alcohol by volume. In uh, the jasmine tea, hop with mosaic and citra. There you go. A big can, sixteen ounce can. And this is hazy. I think that's pretty much all they do. <laughs> Everything I've ever had from them has been. Haze had some last night. They're actually starting to crop up in Pittsburgh. Not all the time because they don't have a huge production, but for some reason, and Greg was kind of surprised. He's like, "Yeah, I drive an hour to the brewery because they don't have any distribution around his house, <laughs> and it's showing up in Pittsburgh." Mm-hmm. <laughs> These might be the last cans he ever sends us. <laughs> well, it wasn't on. cheap though. I was I had two of them last night. Well, Greg, you should, you should come on up to the show and and we can you know have you on the show and then we can take you out to Brew Gentleman and there you go. The um, ten ounce pours. I had one. I had a few other beers and I went back to it just because it was the first time I've been able to have Aslan in town. And then I didn't look, I didn't notice the price until the bill came fourteen dollars for a ten ounce pour. That's a lot of money. Yeah, when they had like a Pizza Boy that was eight fifty for a pint, and it was the deli- it was almost as good as the Aslan. And you know if you do the whole price playing into your enjoyment, it was definitely mm-hmm. better at that point. This is a really interesting aroma. So it's, it's jasmine and oolong tea. Oh, okay. Um, Oolong is the uh, like the fermented oh really tea so like a typically pretty earthy. This is a really fruity berry like aroma. Yeah, it's a little bit of a change from where we were. And as I delve deeper into it, I'm starting to get a little little dankness. The color is, well, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's murky. It it is it's a murky. It's a murky straw. I wouldn't go quite. It's not quite orange, so it's not like an orange juice looking thing. It's it's more on the whitish of that color, mm-hmm. the white uh, IPA. <laughs> so this is definitely the aroma. I was having a hard time really getting into. Right, it just kind of smelled like a hazy IPA. Right, where it was a little bit. Apricotty. I was trying to get the berries that Greg was saying, maybe kind of, but not confident in that, that I could get there. Um, but you know, then it, it had that really soft kind of apricots and cream type aroma. But onto the flavor, you can the tea's apparent, and it's a it's a neat, 
It's a neat new thing yeah. coming out of the haze flavor. I'm going to take another sip. I'm trying to pump some heat into this beer. It feels a little cold on my tongue when I took it the first sip. So I'm wrapping my hands around the glass. So it gives it a... It, so let me let me try to, to isolate the beer without the tea. Then I can describe what the tea does to it. The beer itself is kind of light uh, in terms of it, of its flavor profile. It's not bursting at the seams with juiciness. It, it's a little bit there, but it's, it's mostly letting the tea do a lot of that work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the beer itself, I would say, has kind of a you know, clementine or an apricot type flavor to mm-hmm. it. Really soft. You know, pretty much, you know, a lot. It's definitely in bounds of what you expect from a hazy IPA. I've had a couple recently that have been like pretty bitter. This one doesn't seem to have that bitterness yeah. to it. This one's nice and light and not really apparently bitter. The the tea is really taking over the the, the flavor from the hops. I, I I bet this was pretty strongly hopped, and the tea is taking over as opposed to it being weakly hopped to give mm-hmm. the tea room to play. Uh, but the tea is attacking it strongly with a lot of earthy, some somewhat mushroomy flavors. A bit of a uh, bit of tannicness, um, interesting kind of almost like buckwheat um, spin on the flavor. And it's, it's 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 hard for me to fully describe it, but it is interesting mm-hmm. and it's new, and I dig it. Yeah, everything you were describing there is kind of like what you would expect from a new long, you know, because it's uh, the teas are kind of fermented. It makes. Um, Really earthy type tea, mm-hmm. mushroomy would be in ball, in bounds for that. And then like there's the jasmine tea too, right? So you're getting this kind of herbal, aromatic thing that's playing in there too. That's the first thing I noticed. And now that I'm a few sips in, I'm noticing more earthy oolong type character. Mm-hmm. It it the the tea flavors are playing with the rest of the beer really well. Very well. I mean, it it, it like I said, it the the tea overpowers the hops, but it it does it in a way that is very successful. Okay, there's where the jasmine comes through. That's the thing that when you're done drinking and you're breathing, kind of is staying in the back of your throat. You're getting kind of a jasmine type flavor at that point. Mm. Aslan Beer Company. Yeah, that's good. I could drink a couple of these easy. Um,. It goes down smooth. It has interesting enough flavor, but it's not overly like. It's not making me. I'm gonna take and and examine each sip for two hours. Right? It doesn't have so much right. flavor that you're distracted, but has enough that that you're interested. And uh, 6.5, just like the Sterling was, although it says 7 on the can. Um, it, it doesn't feel nearly as strong, right? It doesn't have the... the it doesn't seem to have that same kind of gravity. Yeah. But, I mean, you're being confronted with so many more flavors where the Sterling give you less to look at. So, yeah. you like, what's over there? Oh, the booziness. Or the alcohol. <laughs> okay, that's it. This one, he's staying behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Greg. That's really good. We did a, a, a former listener tweet us, remember? Um, we had, so yeah, so uh, John out in Seattle just made a comment about Craft Beer Radio. It was a yeah. positive comment. You know, we listened, just felt like sending out a tweet saying, you know, and then we had a, a local, he's a Pittsburgher, kind of replied, those guys fell off the rails a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's you know whatever and look, you can feel the uh, so I there are podcasts I used to listen to I don't listen to anymore I get it I'm not and and they're and also people who stick with us I get it too I, you know right I, and I'm super just, happy it, that you I thought it was it. ironic that you know he decided to like troll us like <laughs> on this random at reply mm-hmm. I mean maybe he follows John but I mean the odds are probably on the low side so I, I, I liked his tweet, you know, like, 
he's like, was that like supposed to embarrass me? Because it didn't. I'm like, no, you're probably right. We we often just mail in the show. I mean, we would... <laughs> it's four to sixty-one shows. It's not going to change anytime mm-hmm. soon. If we're if we fell off the rails, we're staying yeah. off the rails. But then his response was, maybe have a few more hazy IPAs, haha. And so that was like, that was the weird thing because I look at this and I think it's really pretty looking. And that's what got me on the, this this train of thought. Like, how can somebody look at this and taste this and be like, no way? I mean, I guess it's possible, but I don't yeah. see it. Uh, and so my response was to him, we said, maybe have a few more IPAs. I said, we will. That leaves more overbitter sulfur bomb IPAs for you. Everybody wins. <laughs> I love a happy ending. So obviously he's been listening to us still, even though we've been off the rails. <laughs> hey, Barley, how you doing? Or maybe as soon as, as we started like saying how much we loved Hazy IPAs, he said, no way. These guys, yeah. you know, it, it's like now it's a political thing. <laughs> anyway, hey, got to have some thick skin. I don't care. I know, tons of people who used to listen don't listen anymore. Yeah. Doesn't hurt our feelings. Doesn't matter. And I'm also saying that, you know, we don't care about you, Barley. We do care about yeah, you. Yeah, no, we... we it's we, just, we do our show, mostly for us. Right? You know, no amount of feedback is really going to make us change anything. Probably not. But at the same time, we don't want to disappoint people if we can. And we also want to... I mean, all the people who have listened to us and keep listening to us, we want to thank you so much. The, the feedback that would make us change things is, you know, stop being so bro culture or, you know, things like that, right? You know, <laughs> but but not... Why don't you guys put some more effort into your show? No, not happening. I have, I have a family. So no more effort is going into this show. I mean, yeah, this is a money-losing proposition for us. We do it to hang out. <laughs> Even as, as much as we appreciate your your, your support. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there goes our Amazon recruits for this month. Huh? <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> since this is a money losing operation for us, if if you can, you know, if you would like to support us in the new in any way you can, this is I think the best way because. It's stuff that you would buy anyway, uh, and it's the same price you would pay anyway, and still we get support from it. Yep. You just have to change your behavior and go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Start your Amazon shopping there at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, and we get credit for the referral, and we get a percentage of what you spend, but it doesn't come out of your pocket, it comes out of Amazon's pocket. Mm -hmm. So everybody wins. We're not asking you to buy things you don't want. We're not asking you to donate money. Just go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you do shop at Amazon. That's it. Alright. So what do we have here, Jeff? Uh, another beer that... I, I, okay, so I assume Greg sent this beer. Heather unpacked Greg's package and put it in the fridge. <laughs> uh, this is Port City's Colossal 7, uh, which I don't know how else it would have gotten in the fridge. So, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Uh, a Scotch L at eight percent, twenty five IBU. Uh, so here's a change in color, for sure. Right now it's like kind of cola ish. Actually, yeah, it actually looks a lot like cola. Yeah, but but not doesn't have the the um, same kind of carbonation that cola has, where you see the bubbles constantly moving through it. Seven years, Port City, huh? Good for you. Good for you, Port City. Good for you. And they got the independent label on there, too. That's an interesting choice. Um, this is a limited edition, according to their label. Well, it is an anniversary beer, so... So, yeah. <laughs> Your new year-round offering, anniversary beer. <laughs> oh, why not? Speaking someone, of, someone should do that. Speaking of anniversary ales, year-round offerings, and crazy stories that are in the... <laughs> Oh, you want to talk about Stone? I do. Okay. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, Stone put out, Greg put out a video talking Greg about, Cook. Greg Cook yeah. put out a video about Keystone beer because the marketing, the, the graphics on Keystone kind of separate the key and the stone right. and the kind of are emphasizing the stone part of it. 
And I guess part of their marketing is like grab a six of stonies or stones mm-hmm. or grab a six, you know, things like that. So, of course, Stone has a registered trademark for stone in beer and whatnot. So he did a video about this kind of explaining the lawsuit. And then they put did a lawsuit in about trademark or, yeah, trademark infringement, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lawsuit publicity stunt somewhere in between no you know it's just what it's 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 is. also a part of the whole independent thing i mean it, it, mm-hmm. it feels like it i mean not that i'm saying the brood association like worked with them in the lawsuit i don't know i'm i'm just as part of the sort of cultural thing that's happening with the relatively big brewers in craft beer which they are kind of big brewers in craft beer you know they have they exist um they're making this sort of cultural shift and they're push. they're doing this hardcore pushing. And part of this turned into this whole cultural thing made them file this lawsuit okay. in uh, the district court of uh, California. Well, perhaps they didn't expect Miller Coors to respond in the way that they did, but Miller Coors took this seriously. And, counter and and uh filed a counterclaim the counterclaim essentially saying no we have the right to stone here's our proof and they show back way before stone existed they were using stone to refer to keystone there was a couple main points they were there first using Mm -hmm. stone as a beer thing you know and kind of in the marketing using the shorthand of stone for keystone they talked about how in 2010 Stone made some noise about this and didn't do anything about it. So they're making a big deal about why it took them eight years right. to file the lawsuit. But also and, that there was, I'm forgetting exactly what the details here were, but Miller Court has kind of let them use Stone because they had a, the potential to stop them, but they didn't. Oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. Part. So basically, oh, they're in craft, and maybe because they're so tiny, we don't care. But at a certain point, it was probably like, well, they're in the upscale market versus the sub-premium uh-huh. market, which Keystone is in. Uh, so they kind of let them coexist, and then Stone gets, you know, all lawsuity. Yeah. The the thing that so then they there was one other point that they made about oh well yeah Stone is kind of a big brewer right they have an east coast brewery they have uh-huh. a berlin brewery they you know all this stuff um the thing that the thing that i kind of took away from it wouldn't it be crazy if if because they were there first if this turned into an invalidated stones trademark <laughs> that is not uh, very unlikely to happen because he's like miller records would have to present a reason why they didn't stop stone from the beginning yeah uh and let them go for so some Miller Coors let that let let them coexist. So they're probably want to just stay with coexisting, mm-hmm. right? And, and you have a hard time invalidating your trademark after so much time has passed mm-hmm. because you you let it happen. Yeah. I mean, if you challenge it immediately, that we, we've talked about before on the show how when trademark things come up, you kind of have to fight them. And it sometimes seems bullyish, but you do have to fight them, or else you set a precedent that mm-hmm. other people can take advantage of it. Yeah. If you don't protect your trademark, then you might lose rights to your trademark. Mm-hmm. And it could, but it could go both ways, right? It, Stone, that whole eight years from when Stone brought it up to when they actually filed the lawsuit and did the video, you know, they're trying to make hay on that. Maybe to help with the, uh, you know, they didn't voraciously protect the trademark. Part of me says that a lesson here should be don't use the legal system as a means for publicity like it's there to resolve disputes that's the point uh if you're making a lawsuit just as a mean all it does is plug up the works for everybody else and it just kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing It, it it does not endear me to stone in any way I'm with you. All right, on to the beer. 
We let it warm up enough. Uh, from Port City again, Colossal 7, their 7th anniversary Scotch Ale. 8% ABV, 12 fluid ounces. Alexandria, Virginia. The aroma is exactly what you expect from a Scottish ale. You're getting flavors that don't describe often on this show because you don't get tons mm-hmm. of Scottish ales. Kind of a, it's a malty, but it kind of goes into this woody slash cherry thing for me. That's kind of how I equate these. It's, it's a little flavors. old ale-ish. It has a, a the, 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 the label itself has a i forget what this is called but the it's like a the print that goes on a kilt mm-hmm. um plaid plaid like yeah blue and black yeah i mean the whole label is scotch yeah. scotland it's not scottish as crap look at the size of his noggin it's huge i'm not a big fan of scotch ales in general but this leans more on the old ale Area, so I'm actually kind of digging it. There's some fruitiness coming through, uh, very malty, not kind of overly. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. That there's one component that, to me, is prevalent in Scottish ales, and this one's avoiding it, and it makes me like it a little bit mm-hmm. better. And that is kind of that woody, chalky thing that's yeah. in the malt flavor. And this one, instead of having that woody, chalky thing, this has a little bit of woody, but it has woody cherry. It has a little bit of sweeter outcome to it. I agree. Um, yeah, it's that, that chalkiness, and I think that that's a decent description. Um, it, yeah, it doesn't endear me to the style too much, but this is mm-hmm. uh, this avoids that pretty much entirely. And yeah, it goes more towards... So there's like a little bit of, of earthy peatiness, but there's mm-hmm. also this um this 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 great berry or not berry uh, uh little raisiny little raisin cherry, something yeah. yeah, dried cherries, something like that. Yeah. That's that that esteriness, that fruitiness that's in there mm-hmm. really it might not judge well as a scotch ale. But I like it. It it's more it's definitely more endearing to me than it, it is a scotch too. ale. And for an anniversary beer, you want a beer that the people are going to like. Yeah, well, that's it. But, you know, it doesn't really fit in a different category. It's not a barley wine. It's not really an old ale to me. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It still has some of that woodiness in there. You know, some of that, you know, how the mold kind of... I wish I... If, if we had more scotch ales on the show, we'd probably have a better vocabulary for them. I'm trying to think. Well, this is sort of the fallacy of categories, right? It, it's... You're... In real life, things have edges. Right. But there's there's certain flavors where we can see the variation, right? Where we can see, you know, 32-bit color, right? But the other ones, we're only like, tasting this at 8-bit, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have the quite... The, yes, the, yes. The fidelity right. on, on tasting a Scotch ale as we do other flavors. Just because we don't have them as much and haven't worked as hard. And, really, it's and, our bus size. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> we're going to keep using computer terms. Yes. Well, I mean, it's a couple things. It's they're not as popular. We don't prefer them as much, so we're mm-hmm. not going to seek them out. Um, so we just don't have the same fidelity in describing them. But I like it, and that's mm-hmm. enough. I, I do, I do. I like this. Just barely flirting with booziness, right? Like yes, that. yeah. It's it's kind of it it it's broaching like a barley wine mm-hmm. um i mean it's not at eight percent it's not hitting barley wine uh gravities but it's it's approaching it um but yeah it doesn't taste like a, a porter it doesn't taste like uh it tastes a little bit like an old ale but not all the way yeah i'd still call it scotch yeah but it is is different. One of, the, different. one of the better scotch ales I've had for sure. All right, so uh, back to we're doing uh, three, Greg's three beers in a row. So we did the Port City and the Aslan, and now the next Aslan, this sour farmhouse IPA thing. Not it's this, the, Greg. The Greg. Who, this is the first one that has a label that's not like uh, 
techno patterns. Yeah, it looks like an early '80s ad. They're still wearing sort of '70s ish. Like, look at those look at those collars on that guy's shirt. Oh yeah, that is. I would call that firmly in the '70s. That's seventy. 76, 77. But I seem to remember those, you know, that that kind of thing. Ooh, look at that color. I think sticking around in, into the 80s, in the early 80s, that, that kind of look in advertisements at least. Maybe. The hair, the the women's, yeah, this is, this is, this is 70s. Uh, I, I need to get a closer look. Yes, here, go for it. Take a look. Is this beer fruited? Because that's kind of a... Reddish. So the beer is, if it's not red, it's yes. a deeper brown. Okay. Uh, it's a they call it a sour farmhouse IPA um, with raspberries, vanilla, and lactose. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is very seventies all the way. Now I look at it. Yeah, uh, sweater vest. <laughs> um, the hair. Uh, the. Just just what's on the table, they have like hummus and stuff in in like little Actually, separate I, things. I would revise. I would move that to the early seventies, seventy two, seventy three. I don't know. Her hair is kind of almost sixties. The the paisley curtains. I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's lots to to talk about just about the picture, uh, <laughs> which is we'll do that in the post show. How it is that? it it's picture deep dive in the post and show. And man, this guy is wearing a lavender suit. He's wearing a lavender leisure suit. It's the big silly. <laughs> it's the big silly. All right. Yeah. So we got this fruited lactose vanilla raspberry hazy IPA <laughs> from Aslan. It looks kind of reddish brown. It smells mostly like a hazy IPA, right? You're getting that that kind of, you know, for me, I, I peg it as apricots. You know, you get a little bit of apricotty. You're getting that creaminess, the the soft aroma. You Weirdly, it? I'm getting you some, I'm getting a dirtiness from this. I'm not. I think my my nose is just confused. <laughs> That's what's going on because it, it's like maybe there's a little bit of sulfury coming off of it. All right, let's move and on. Dort is not necessarily just sulfur. No, sure. No, I'm not smelling biological elements, but maybe <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of sulfuriness coming off of it. Okay, the raspberries are definitely there in the flavor. But dominating the flavor. Couldn't smell them, but that's that's most of the beer. Then it takes a turn, doesn't it? Um, oh, and then it goes yogurty. That's interesting. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, it's the vanilla, the lactose, the haze. All takes a, takes this kind of frambose thing mm-hmm. and just changes it to v- raspberry ice cream or yeah sherbet. All right, it, it's it's not it's not bad. Uh, I'm I'm like looking for the negative side here, and I'm not finding it. It's not. It it, it might be more. Confused, more mm-hmm. boisterous, more jumbled, but it's not bad. Well, calling it the big silly in some <laughs> way helps because it's a silly kind of concoction, but it's not bad. It's just, I mean, it's not what I would like go to the bar for, but as a, huh, okay. Actually, I think this beer is opening up. I mean, I'm not just tasting like the the advertised notes. So, like that last sip, I got kind of a more, you know. So it's raspberries. I'm thinking raspberries, but mm. now I'm getting kind of like the the briars and the stems, the woodiness of the bush. Okay. No, yeah. I think you're right. The, the initial sips are are confounding because they're it's new. Yeah. Um, but there is more here than 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 meets the 
the eye at first. I mean, it's the tongue at first, I should say. Uh, yeah, once you get used to the raspberry, yeah. you start tasting. So now I'm tasting some more of the cream. I'm tasting creamsicle now. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting some of the orangey and the haze back into the flavor. It still is a gimmick, right? It still is, is a very gimmicky beer. But that's fine. In fact, in some ways, I think that that's, uh, that's really appreciated. I kind of... I, I appreciate both beers that are that really strive for purity and beers that strive for novelty. I mean, the best thing about the gimmick in this beer is it doesn't taste gimmicky. Right. None of the crazy shit tastes like crazy it, it, shit. It, it doesn't taste. It, it it doesn't taste like it's being forced. Right. Mm. It tastes like, yeah, this is silly to to you know to go with them, but. It's not absurd. It's just silly. It's well executed. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of silly <laughs> in in general. I like silly things. And this is a quite this is a very silly thing. So I'm I'm agreeing with them on their name. And uh are they, are they down are they DTF? Oh, this is the prelude to yes. D- swapping. This family is D- <laughs> or this party is DTF. They're, they're swapping. Right? Who's with who? Well, actually, I think it might be a bit of a cuckold thing because both of the girls are looking at the guy sitting on the floor like they want him, but they both want him. So, well, I mean, the other guy's wearing a lavender suit. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be sitting in the corner. They're both looking at the dude with the sweater vest, going, "Okay, well, that's better than the lavender suit." <laughs> It's good. Yeah, no, th- this is th- I like. <laughs> um, it, so both of these beers from Aslan were new takes, new yeah. riffs on hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Th- this is more of a cocktail, right? This is more mm-hmm. of something you would expect to, to get in a cocktail. I think that that's yeah. the the better disc- a better way to think about it. If you think of it as sort of a fruity cocktail of a beer. You know, it's soured, but it's only lightly sour, mm-hmm. right? It's sour is not so this is an interesting take, right? We've had beers from big brewers that sour and it's like just a baby, baby bit sour. But mm-hmm. that was like this the the note keynote of the beer and it was underwhelming. This one uses souring as an accent. Mm-hmm. To the beer. Right. And it fits so well. Because there are other accents it has too. And it's not the only, it's not the distinguishing factor. It's it adds to the rest of the stuff. It, it, it's it's a it's a whole being uh, at least the sum of its parts and possibly more. <laughs> the more I drink it, the more I uh the more I think they're onto something here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because there's a, you know what it is. I I really do think there's a um, party fruit punch thing going on here. Oh, like a punch, yeah, yeah. Where it's there, there's something kind of like uh, addictive, sangria like, mm-hmm. right? About this thing that's like, oh, I'm just gonna keep drinking this 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 berry concoction. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say this is um, like the more I drink it, the more I I really dig it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that was the Aslan Beer Company. Big silly. And that leaves us with one more beer. Which is one that I picked up here in Pennsylvania. It is Rum Barreled the Abyss from mm. Deschutes. Timing is awful in this mm. little joke, huh? Terrible. <laughs> I had to switch. It's a whole nonsense. Yeah. 
We should have played this much well before we finished the beer. Who knew? Roll some, roll some BGs for the big silly. Okay, so uh, the Abyss, but this is the Rum Barrel Age Abyss, one of my favorite liquors now. Is from eleven point five percent, eleven point four percent. Sorry, eighty IBU. Um. Okay, let me let me get this information on here because there's a lot. Okay. So we've had the Abyss. This is their rum barrel version of the Abyss. We probably have had bourbon barrel aged Abyss, mm-hmm. Abyss as well. Yeah, so I'm actually yeah, I'm looking at the bourbon barrel one. Let me see if I can f- find the link. I don't see any link on their website to the rum barrel aged. All right, so let's scour in general, the label. Malt, uh, pale, black chocolate, black barley, roasted barley, and wheat. Oh, no, I got better information here. Imperial style food with blackstrap molasses. Yes. Licorice. Vanilla cherry, beans and cherry bark. Cherry bark, yes. Vanilla beans. 100% aged in rum barrels for 10 months. Uh, hopped with Millennium Nuggets, Styrian, and German Northern Brewer. This was bottled on September 15th of last year. And... The ABV, kind of hard to see, but it looks like it says 16.9. What? I think it says 13.9, but still, that could be a 16. It's possible. Holy shnikes. I mean, the Abyss is a good beer, (laughs) and this beer is costly. Uh, uh-huh. Here in Pennsylvania, for a seven fifty, you paid twenty five ninety nine. That's what your Amazon purchases do. It allows me to get twenty six dollar rum barrel abyss and not feel like I'm stealing from my kids' college fund. There's a lot of aroma on this guy. It smells really, 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 really awesome. So Imperial Stout, right? When I get an Imperial Stout, <laughs> I want the booze. What do you want? I want the booze. You I want, want the, booze? the booze? I want a boozy smelling Imperial Stout. I want something that is kind of... Uh, how do I describe it? I want something that is not roasty, but kind of a little bit more ashy. Almost like um, a soy, but like without that soy kind of oxidized note. And then I want the booze to replace the oxidized note. And then if we get some barrel in there too, then that is just good news. And okay, so it is thirteen point nine, not sixteen. So, so when you smell this guy, it smells the barrel and the booze are kind of the first two mm-hmm. things you get. Do you have any info on like what rum they used? No, no. It says a remarkably limited release. <laughs> in the bottle. But it, it's it's cool that we were able to get, we were able to get it. Was it a VE that was, was No, no, I got this at Save on Beer. Wow. Saving. $25.99. Yeah. <laughs> Where VE it was probably like 14 bucks. Released in December 2017. Probably. Age is awesome, right? Oh, oh my god! Probably it's gonna be you know would be amazing in like ten years. But we're drinking it now. It smells Our bad. sacrifice to you. <laughs> we'll never know what this. T- well, unless I find another one, we'll never know what this tastes like in ten years. Or, or we somehow convince somebody to choose to send one <laughs> to us in ten years. I got a contact there. Will they be there in ten years? Oh, under the flavor, getting kind of this, oh, that's, oh my God. Okay, so we're getting a whole bunch of stuff. You get woodiness, you get a booziness, you get kind of that soy imperial stout thing going on, soy sauce imperial stout thing going on, but then it gets a little more cocoa-y. Mm, mm-hmm. And... 
The ma- molasses is coming through. Yeah. Oh, that's it. The molasses. Oh, it has vanilla bean too, right? So you're getting that kind of dessert thing, almost like a bread pudding towards the end. Really reminds me of like a, a of a, a malt, like a, like a like a, a malt milkshake. Type yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that 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 really finishes. Wonderful. Oh, and then the rum. Okay, here's where the rum okay. comes in at the end. It finishes with a with a sugarcane rum, um, mm-hmm. sweet like like just barely like sweet in the sugary way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that that is so much better to me than like a whiskey barrel. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, some people just they love whiskey, so they're going to go for that. But for me, the 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 rum sweetness. Is more. Um, oh my god! It's 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 sort of lighter and and less less oppressive than the whiskey can sometimes no, be. Sure, sure. The well, rum barrels. Uh, I haven't done the research, but you know, whiskey bourbon has to be in fresh American oak barrels, right? So the oak is very prevalent mm-hmm. in those. And then when you make beer, it's the first thing in the barrel. After the bourbon. With rum, maybe like scotch, right? They probably have barrels that they've used multiple times. Mm-hmm. They, prob- they probably initially got their barrels from a bourbon distillery, but they may blend the rums out, you know, use a barrel a couple times. So then the barrel goes to the brewer, right? And you put your awesome Abyss Imperial Stout in the thing with vanilla beans and cherry bark. Cherry bark? What? And, you know, so you have a barrel that is kind of mellowed. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this beer is not blended. This is 100% out of the barrels. Yeah. You so, know, this is reminding me of a bit. And it may seem like a stretch, but for but it's just bringing, it, it's connecting that memory tube to something, to something else. Remember the J.W. Lee's Calvados? Oh, yeah. Can't really forget that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, the body, it has, this has like an oxidized type flavor to it. It was in the barrels for 10 months, right? Mm -hmm. So this one carries, it's really straddling the line between Imperial Stout and Barley Wine. Yeah. Yeah, because the malt and the oxidation characters really, in the booze, really feel Barley Wine. And kind of the, kind of the drunk you're getting feels Barley Wine. Like, I don't know. There's sometimes, I don't understand what that means. Sometimes I get, this is not one of my superpowers, but sometimes like you'll get this like warming feel, this mellow feel, and like different beers, different things. You know, wine will make you feel a different kind of drunk than beer. And then if you're lucky, sometimes different kinds of beers will give you different kinds of nuance in your drunk. And and just this one feels like I feel when I do barley wines as opposed to what I think of what I feel like after I have imperial stouts. I don't know. It just or I'm just drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know whether the science would back you up, but I know there are people who definitely there. It's definitely anecdotally mm-hmm. true that people claim certain alcohols give them different drunks, different feelings. But you're also doing a different time. I mean, the con- the yeah. conditions are never controlled, right? Uh, I wasn't trying to be scientific here. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, it, it's. I was just trying to like. But I, but I have provide to, some color commentary. I have to put in the disclaimer when something like that comes up to me. It, it just it feels like sure. It, it feels like one of those things that is, you know, it, it's a old wives' tale almost. The idea yeah. that I. Okay, I was just pro- trying to provide. I'm some not, color. I'm not and, and again, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying that the only evidence for it is anecdotal. We'll have to do some CBR labs. <laughs> what kind of drunk are you today? <laughs> you have to really like. It'd be hard, super hard to control for that. That would be really, really, really hard. You'd have to monitor people's conditions beforehand. Oh, no, palate drift and all kinds of things. Not even, not even just palate drift, but like, okay, it to monitor like their their blood sugar, like all the kind of levels of, mm-hmm. of their body, the condition their brains are in. Like you'd have to th- make sure they go through the same process an hour before so that their brains are in the same state. Sure. Uh, no, I'm with you. I mean, 
it's it's kind of well, it, it might be like using other substances, right? When you get a good buzz of some sort, right? And when you get a good barley wine buzz, it's a happy thing. <laughs> you don't always get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I think there there's so much. I was at 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 uh, dinner last week. I was talking to some friends of mine about how flavor, like taste, is something that is. You taste this, you taste that. But flavor is the amalgam of what happens in your brain with not just the taste, but the smell, but the conditions that you're around, the mood you're in, like all this <laughs> other stuff. So the best meal you ever had in your life may not have, may be having an amazing flavor because you're around people you love, you're enjoying yourself. That may contribute to everything that's happening. Well, that's why beers always taste better when we're on the show. Because I'm with you. <laughs> oh. And because we're with you, dear listener. <laughs> this is the Abyss Rum Barrel. This beer is amazing. It's really, really good. It's it's really, really good. Is there anything you don't like about it? Like, 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 what was your? What There's was nothing your, I don't like about it. Is there any criticisms? No, the only crit- the the only thing that is that I'm questioning is whether Big Silly's ahead of it. Yeah, that one. I've had some good abysses. I think this one takes the cake. I think that's really good, but I'm Big Silly thinking was really good too. Yeah, Big Silly. Especially as it evolved, mm-hmm. made me rethink a lot of the things that I was thinking beforehand, and that was a more enlightening experience in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, to me, we got some rough ranking. I when we started this show and we had that amazing Kolsch, I'm like, he's going to do well. Like that Kolsch, I really dug it. You know. But I'm feeling. I'm thinking he's going to be some hard luck losing tonight. Uh, well, I think the hard luck loser is going to be uh, the Sterling Pig, just because it's it, it, it's a little old. Yeah. Uh, and and it, and if it weren't as old as it is, it might be fresher and 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 might have stuck out more. Well, let's go on to it. let's do the rankings. So I'll I'll, I'll go. So yeah, the the. Sterling Pig is is in last place for me. Not because it was bad, only because it will, I think it's a condition, I think it's our fault that we didn't drink it quick enough. And, you know, it, it's we have too many IPAs is essentially the deal. <laughs> we don't want to do too many on the show, and this one just kind of stuck around. Um, I think there was a lot of good stuff there, and I bet if it was you know fresher than the hops would have pointed out. I don't really know. I mean, this is such a weird show, I don't know where we... It would have fit, uh, even if it was. It both depends. Maybe it was. Maybe with the hops, it's amazing. Uh, but I, I, I think that it's a really good beer. Um, just hot faded. I really enjoyed it. But uh, the other ones sort of sort of got in front of it for me. Uh, so it's it's. Between four and five are, are hard. I know what they are, but it's hard to say which one is, is above the other. Um, so I'm going to. Hmm, hmm, I'm going to put the Port City in fifth place. Uh, I, 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 this is one of my favorite Scotch ales. If you want to call it that, it stretched the style yeah. into more. It made it better than a scotch, right? Uh, but I, I think I liked the saucy a little bit more. I, I think the saucy was more enjoyable. as like a oh, I could down a couple of these, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of like the I, I like the estery thing that was come out of it too. It wasn't super colshy. But the the port city wasn't super scotch ale, yeah, so yeah. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, then in in third place we have the first Aslan, the uh, the one with T, the the Madurai, Madurai, uh, which was there was a lot of really interesting stuff going on there. Uh, there was a lot of flavors that were cool. Um, the tea took over. 
but in a good way, and I was enjoying it. And yeah, I think I'm going to put the the abyss in second place okay. and the big silly in first because that big silly, you know, I I, I had it. I was like, okay, <laughs> interesting. And then you were talking about it, and it made me think about it a little bit more. And you were right; it opened up, and I kept coming back to these interesting flavors I was getting, and I kept saying. Wow, that's enjoyable. That's good. I kept wanting more. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this silly little beer cocktail made more of an impression on me than a very good, very well done, uh, extremely well done barrel-aged Imperial Stout. And that is worth exceptional noting to point okay. out that it, that this is such a great imperial stout mm-hmm. that to me if this crazy ipa thing is more notable that makes it number one all right i'm gonna start out same as greg with the sterling pig the snuffler um you know it's two and a half months beyond its best buy date so the beer is probably six months old or hopefully not nine months old mm-hmm. it it i think when i made the comment when we were tasting it you know it tasted like when all we could get was out of code ipas yeah you know and um i don't know if it would be better than the port city if it was super fresh or not i really i'm, I'm not able to rewind this one and really figure out where it started sometimes i can but this one i don't feel confident rewinding it but the port city in fifth place uh, i liked how they kind of broke the mold for scotch ales um its fifth place ranking is because of the flight tonight uh, but i liked that beer i thought it had some good stuff going it was bottled on february 1st a scotch ale could go for years and um it was i really liked how it kind of had that more estuary cherry mm-hmm cherry thing going on instead of that chalky thing which is common in scotch ales in my opinion uh fourth place greg talked me out of putting the aslin here and put the uh saucy the habitual i i i was rocking the kolsch you know i i think that's a again a little bit of a hard luck on this guy here because i think for especially for a buck 99 rocking that beer that beer was really what i wanted out of you know a no-name coal shit it really worked well sorry saucy for calling you no name but i'm just not familiar with you guys i'll put the aslan the madurai madurai in third place you know it's it's aslan it's hazy so everything we've had from them fits that but you know throwing that tea in there it, it was a completely different treatment than what I'm used to. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It had some really neat things going on in there. And the same thing for the the other Aslan. You know, Greg did a really good job of sending us beers from Aslan that are just not another haze. That, you know, they're taking the Aslan haze and giving it treatments yeah. that are not gimmicky, but worth exploring. Both of these are worth exploring. And... The Big Silly had a lot going on, and it really worked well. I thought that lightly souring it as an accent was a masterful move. I really thought the vanilla and the the way the vanilla played with the haze part of it, the, the apricots, the creaminess. You know, there was times I was, t- I was drinking... The a, lactose in The there. time I was drinking a raspberry lactose vanilla beer and tasting creamsicle because... The apricot orange flavor from the IPA was still coming through. You know, just really gave it such depth that it was exciting. I I think it's it's a close second to number one, but I gotta put the, the abyss at number one. This... Cheat codes work, right? I mean <laughs> that's the thing, is like you, there are shortcuts. Uh yeah, I gotta put take. I gotta put this abyss at number one. This the the rum barrel on this thing like greg said you know it gave you a different application than bourbon does and it was a much softer application but the wood wasn't 
any less there. And then, oh, it's just the right amount of, it, oh, the beer is relatively new, but it had the right amount of oxidation in it. It was blurring the line between this barrel-aged barley wine and imperial stout. And, oh, it just made me so happy. It's just such a good beer. It's a very good beer. And that's where we're at at the end of the show. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we hope you tune in again next time we talk to you. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, we have an email address. That is beer at craftbeerradio.com. We also have Twitter things. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And we have at Craft Beer Radio, which is like the, the show account. The, the AI that is the show replies to that one, not neither of us. <laughs> yeah, we have an AI. Did we tell you? <laughs> A general intelligence that we developed. <laughs> no, it it we turns just, out not really useful. <laughs> it was pretty easy to do. We figured, you know, it just wasn't good at solving world problems, so it just replies to tweets. Mm-hmm. It's all really and, and, it, and it seems to be like either one of one of the two of us responding. It, it adopts our personas. Yeah. I mean, that's how good it is. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>